switch of faith because God's still working some things in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you may sense his presence greater and greater and greater as the service goes on. So keep your switch on. Tell your neighbor, keep your switch on. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But we need to seal the deal talking about the blessing. Amen. And to seal the deal and walk in what God has stored for us for 2018, like our bishop told us, Bishop Butler told us, he mentioned, we have to walk in the royal law of the kingdom. Are you listening to me out here? So starting to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, we have to walk in the royal law of the kingdom. I'm, I'm so excited by him being here next Sunday. Anybody excited? Amen. Bring your bathtubs, bring your swimming pools. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen, Pastor Butler, Deborah Butler would be here. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says what? Charity never faileth. We know charity, which is love, never what? Never what? Fails. See, to walk in the blessings, everything must hang on love. Let me say it again. To walk in the blessing, everything must hang on love. Turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Everything must hang on love. Tell your neighbor, everything must hang on love. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 reads, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but what? But what? Faith which worketh by what? By what? Love. See, the faith that connects us to the blessing worketh by what? Love. But see, the fear that disconnects us from the blessing is cast out by love. Let me say that again. The faith that connects us to the blessing, amen, worketh by what? Worketh by what? Love. And the fear that disconnects us from the blessing is cast out by what? Cast out by what? Love. Well, go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 10. It's cast out by what? Love. 1 John chapter 2, verse 10. I give you time to get there. Those of you who are still, amen, doing it the, the good way. Amen. Amen. amen, not cheating on the screen. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. First John chapter 2, verse 10, it says, He that loveth his brother abideth where? In a light. But there is none occasion, listen, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. He says there's not one, not even one occasion where you will stumble if you walk in love. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. He says there's not even one occasion where you will stumble if you what? If you walk in love. But in verse 11 it says, but he that hateth his brother is in what? Darkness and walketh what? In darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth. Because why? Because that darkness has what? Blinded his eyes. See, walking in love keeps us in the brightness of the blessing and out of the darkness of the curse. Let me say that again. Walking in love keeps us in the brightness of the blessing and out of the what? Darkness of the curse. Give me an example. Imagine a man trying to hang some huge heavy curtains on a big wall. Amen. Now he's having a miserable time at it. What happens? He hangs one panel. Then he runs over and grabs another one. But before he can get to the second one up, what happens? The first one falls down. Then he puts up the second one, turns around and gets the first one. And the one he just hung up, what? Comes tumbling down. The harder he works, the more tangled in those curtains he becomes. It's like a comedy seeing, a, you, know, you know, Lord Harbor comedies. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, imagine... Each one of those curtains having a name on it. One curtain is faith. Another one is righteousness. Others include healing. Others include prosperity. Another curtain has the gifts of the spirit on it. Now after struggling for a while, the job finally gets to this poor old man. He's having a hard time. 
He can't take it anymore. So he collapsed in a pile of these curtains on the floor. Then you hear a cry of this man's heart. But it isn't funny this time. Because why? He's saying, what's wrong with my faith? Come on, he cries out, I believe in faith, but my faith isn't working. I believe in healing, but I'm still sick. I believe in prosperity, but I can't pay my bills. Come on. We've all felt that way one time or another. Come on, say amen, somebody. But what happens? If you look closely to those piles of curtain, you'll see little snakes slithering in and out of it. And they're biting the man and they at his heels. And if you've seen these little snakes littering in between those curtains, you look at it and say, wait a minute, what are those snakes doing there? Come on, them are gifts of God. Come on, say amen, somebody. But then all of a sudden, you look over there in the corner. In the corner of the room, you see a massive rod. It's so big, it looks like part of a bridge. Are you with me out here? And it's solid gold. But written on the side of this curtain rod, or this massive rod, is Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Turn there. Matthew 22, 37. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. This is the first. And great commandment. Then verse 39 says, And the second is like unto it, thou shalt what? Love thy neighbor as thyself. But verse 40 is key. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. See, the question is, why is this scripture written on the side of this rod? Because the Lord is saying, hang the rod, not the curtains. Let me say it again. Hang the rod, not the curtains. Why? The curtains are fastened to the rod. If you don't have the rod up, the curtains will fall. Everything in your life, everything concerning how blessed you truly are, hangs on these two commandments, folks. Are you with me out here? What are those two commandments? Thou shalt love the Lord your God, and thou shalt love thy neighbor. Everything hangs on those two laws. However, even though we may know that, it's the second one we have problems with. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. We know about love, but that second one, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, but him... I love you, Lord. I'm having a hard time with that one over there, Lord. But I love you, Lord. And then we expect to walk in the blessings. Tell your neighbor, that ain't going to happen. See, walking in love is not just a good idea. It's not just a suggestion. Come on, say amen, somebody. Love is the commandment of God because why? Love is the law. That governs the operation of the blessing. Let me say it again. Love is what? Is the law that governs the operation of the blessing. Now to fully understand what that means. You must remember. The word law can be defined two ways. First. There are irrefutable laws. Such as the laws of nature. Right? Those laws are truth. They cannot be changed. Tell your neighbor, they cannot be changed. And they work every time they are put to work. Am I right or wrong? The laws of physics fall into the same category. So do the laws of mathematics. Are you with me out here? See, it doesn't matter what government is in power or what kind of rules men might come up with. Irrefutable laws cannot be altered. Congress could pass a law declaring 2 plus 2 equals 5. But would that make it so? No. 
the Supreme Court could declare that the law of gravity has been canceled. But would that matter? No. Things will still hit the floor when you drop them down because why? Gravity always works. Get on top of this building and find out how gravity really works. See, no government on earth can change that. Come on, are you with me out here? Now, although most people think irrefutable laws apply only in the natural realm, the realm of the spirit is also governed by such laws. The spiritual world is not just a place where anything goes, folks. Amen? It's laws. Somebody say laws. Matter of fact, its laws are even more exact than the natural physical laws. And see, that's not surprising because why? God, who is a spirit, created all earthly matter. Come on. He patterned the physical world after the spiritual. Let me say that one more time so you can get it. He patterned the what? Physical world after the spiritual one spiritual law we always talk about, go to Romans 10, 17. We talk about this one all the time. We quote it backward and forward. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith come up by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. How's faith come? By hearing and hearing by the what? Now, go a couple chapters up. Go to Romans 3, 27. Chapter 3, verse 27. Because it tells us what Romans 10, 17 is called. Romans 3, verse 27. Notice he says, where is the boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Of works? Nay. But by the what? By the what? So he calls Romans 10, 17 the law of of faith. Somebody say the law of faith. The law of faith. And it goes into operation when two elements come together. What are those two elements? They're hearer and the word of God. When those two elements come together, the hearer and the word of God, it always produces the same thing. It produces faith. That is a law, folks. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who your parents are. Whether you're a man or a woman, come on, say amen, somebody, or what color your skin is. The law of faith works the same way for everyone all the time. Now, you have some that believe that faith sometimes comes from drastic circumstances or horrible experiences. Have you ever heard that before? Come on, say amen, somebody. But if that's the case... Wouldn't everybody on earth be a faith giant? But they're not because why? Because why? Faith comes only by what? Hearing the word. See, people who use that faith when they're in trouble will get through it better and stronger. Let me say it again. People who use that faith when trouble comes will get what? Better and stronger. But people who don't, Simply put, won't. Are you following me? Well, once again, go to Galatians 5, 6 again. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. It says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avail of anything, nor uncircumcision. But once again, but faith which what? Faith of what? Worker by what? Love. See, the law of faith works right alongside the law of love. Let me say it again. The law of faith works right alongside the what? The law of love. Come on, that is practical, unalterable truth. Are you with me out here? There's nothing religious about it. There's nothing abstract about it. Faith works by love like a car works by gasoline. Say that one more time. Faith works by love like a car works by what? Gasoline. No gas, no gold. 
No love. No faith. No faith. No receiving. Did anybody get that? Let's try it one more time. No gas. You ever ran out of gas? You no go. <laughs> no love. No faith. No faith. That car ain't coming. That husband ain't coming. That wife ain't coming. That house ain't coming. Because there's no receiving. And see, like the law of gravity, faith worketh by love. It's an irrefutable law. It's a spiritual law, folks. But the question is, when are we going to get it? When are we going to get that faith only works by love? Now, the second type of law that exists before, both in the natural realm and the spiritual realm is governmental law. Somebody say governmental law. Now, governmental laws are commands put into effect and enforced by what? A legal authority or the legal authorities of the land. Now, it is possible to break them. But when you break those governmental laws that have been enforced, amen, or put in force by the legal authorities of the land, you will experience consequences. If you run a red light, you will get a ticket. If you steal a car, you will go to? See, y'all got it. Y'all smarter than you think. Come on, say amen, somebody. <laughs> Now, God's governmental laws are called commandments. God's governmental laws are called what? Commandments. And people can break them also. And which they do very often. But when they do, listen to me closely, when they do, it's called sin. Let me say it again. It's called what? Sin. Now, people always want to debate what, what is sin or what is not sin. The real definition of sin is real simple, folks. Sin is violating the established laws of God. Let me say that again. Sin is what? Sin is violating the established laws of God. And see, the devil tries to sell us the idea that God established those laws because he's mad at us and doesn't want us to have any fun. But tell your neighbor, that's a lie. See, God gave us those laws. He gave them to us to do what? To keep us from killing ourselves. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. He put them in place to protect us because why? He knows even if we don't, what does the Bible say in Romans 6.23? We know y'all know how to read the scripture. <laughs> it says the wages of sin is death. And see, people can argue all they want. They can mock the dangers of sin and say there's nothing wrong with it. But that won't change the consequences. Sin always does just what God said it would do. It sets in motion the laws of sin and death. Come on, anybody with me out here? Sin always leads to death because why? Death is what produce is what produce it is what is produced in the spirit. Adultery, for example. Adultery kills. It works death in a family. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. See, there's something that happens in the human spirit, soul, and body, folks, when a person honors Satan by giving him reign in that area. People convince themselves they can contain the damage caused by it, but guess what? But in reality, open the door to that one sin. The devil has access to their, to their entire life. Anybody with me out here? 
And he'll take full advantage of it. Because why? You gave him access. Amen. Why? That's the way he is. Tell your neighbor that's the way he is. If you let him in the back seat before long, he's going to be in the front seat doing what? Doing the driving. And once he's there in that driver's seat, he's going to kill you because why? That's his goal. Get that in your heart. That's his goal. Tell your neighbor, that's his goal. Now, the question a lot of people have is, well, what do I do then? What am I supposed to do? Do I have to live, do we have to live our lives constantly trying to avoid every little sin? Tell your neighbor, no, thank God. We don't. Instead, listen, instead of concentration or concentrating on all those doubt shalts, instead of concentrating on all those thou shall nots of the old covenant law, we can just focus on walking in one love. Oh, you didn't hear me. Go to Romans 13 9. You know, some want you to focus on thou shalt not this, thou shalt not this, thou shalt not. Come on, say amen, somebody. But look at the scripture. Romans 13, 9. It said, for this thou shalt not what? Commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this. Same namely, thou shalt what? Love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law, folks. See, the law of love is the one law in the new covenant. Are we in the new covenant? That's the one law. See, the apostle James calls it the royal law of love in God's kingdom. Matter of fact, go to James 2.8. Love is the one law of the new covenant, folks. Somebody say love. James chapter 2 verse 8 says what? If you fulfill the what? The royal love according to the scriptures... Thou shalt what? Love thy neighbor as thyself. You do well. You what? Would y'all start doing well, please? Hello. Hello. Oh, but we just getting warmed up. Go to Romans chapter 8, verse 2. <laughs> See, love is the law of the spirit, folks. Love is the law of the spirit of life. Let me say it again. Love is the law of the spirit of life. Let me say it one more time. Love is the law of the spirit of life. And Romans 8, 2 tells us, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. From the what? From the law of of sin and death. What's made you free? The law of the spirit of life, which is the law of what? Love. Now, the reason love and life are so closely connected is because God, the author and the generator of life, is love. Matter of fact, go to John chapter 1, verse 1. Because we can rephrase the first, three verse, the first few verses of this scripture. John chapter 1, verse 1. Let's rephrase it. John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. And we can say, when God, since God is who? Love, right? So in the beginning was the word, and the word was with love. And the word was love. The same was in the beginning with love. 
all things were made by and without love was not anything made that was made. Follow me. Every cell of your physical body, every molecule in this physical material universe, every handful of dirt, every bird that flies, every fish in the sea and the sea itself, all were made by love's word. By what? Love's word. But follow me. Love created you. Say it again. Love created you. Love breathed life into you. But listen closely. Since love created you and love breathed life into you, therefore everything that is contrary to love goes against your very substance. Every word of disharmony, every word of disharmony violates the way you were made. Unloving words, unloving thoughts, unloving actions do violence to the very nerve cells in your physical body. Did you hear what I just said? Let me say it one more time. Every word of disharmony, disharmony violates the way you were made, folks. Unloving words, unloving thoughts, unloving actions do violence to the very nerve cells in your physical body. Go to Proverbs 14.30. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30. It says, a sound heart is a life of flesh, but envy is the rottenness of the bones. Now you can see why Jesus said that love is the greatest commandment. Come on, can anybody see it now? No wonder he made it a command to love thy, God, love thy God with all thy what? All thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. When we strive and fuss with others, let me say it again. When we strive and fuss with others, we become our worst enemies. We actually, listen to me now, we actually begin to self-destruct. That's how deep it is. When we walk in love, when we walk in love, we not only bless others, but we actually edify ourselves. Well, go to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 8. Walk in love, folks. We not only bless others, we edify ourselves. Look at Ephesians 6, 8. It says, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall receive of the Lord. The same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. In other words, every act of love, every word of kindness, every loving gesture enlivens us. What happens? The cells in our bodies respond to it. Our mind responds to it. Our spirits expand on the inside. Come on, say amen. By strengthening and preparing us to walk in the anointing that we were born to carry.
But when we step outside of love, we step right into darkness. And that's where the curse is, folks. And it's not where we as believers belong. Are with me out here? Why? Because we belong to the light. We belong in the light. Come on, are you with me out? We are born of what? Of light because we are born of God. Come on, say I'm born of light because I'm born of God. And just as God is love, God is also light. Look at 1 John 1, 5. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, where it says, This then is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is, that God is, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. But look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Ephesians 5a says, for you were, for you were, somebody say I was, come on say that was B.C., but some of y'all don't know that before Christ, okay. <laughs> you were sometimes what, darkness, but now, are you what, light in the Lord, walk as children of light, walk as children of love. See, that's not theology. It's an academic fact, folks. Science has proven the light is the ultimate power of the universe. All matter on this planet has light at the center of its molecular core. The first thing God said at creation was what? Light be. Same thing. But in the Hebrew is light be. That's why your physical body is electrically operated and its battery runs on light. Are you following me out here? And since light is the source of your physical power. Yes. Are you following me? Since light is the source of your physical power, every act of darkness dims that power. Somebody say every act. Come on, say every act like you mean it. Since light is a source of your physical power, every act of darkness dims that power. Every step outside of love, who is light, instantly affects every cell in our being. Somebody say instantly. Somebody say instantly. So that means every discouraging word. Every curse word. Because some of y'all cussing. Don't even know y'all cussing. You know why y'all cuss? Because you got it from your hometown. Oh, that's what we do in St. Kitts. That's what we do in Dominica. That's what we do over here. That we, that's, it's not cussing to us. It's cussing to us. I hear that all the time. Oh, it ain't cussing. It is cussing. But every discouraging word, every curse word, every unloving word that comes out of someone's mouth affects his or her body in a negative way. And you cannot expect to keep saying those crazy things loud enough to come out your mouth and expect to stay healed. Because you're in self-destruct mode. Yeah. 
you are actually destroying yourself with your own mouth, with your own attitude. Okay, come on. Okay, amen. Now my son. Hold them down, usher. Don't let them jump around and run up. James chapter 3, verse 16. James chapter 3, verse 16. James chapter 3, verse 16. Come on, we're going to hit this thing hard today. For we're envying and strife is. There's what? Come on, I want everybody to say, there's what? There's what? And what? See, strife is darkness, folks. And darkness throws our whole system, spirit, soul, and body into confusion. Let me say that one more time. Strife is what? Darkness. And darkness throws our whole system, spirit, soul, and body into what? Confusion. Let's, lead, let's go back to 1 John 2.10. Let's read that again. It throws your whole body into what? Into what? Into what? Confusion. Let's read 1 John chapter 2, verse 10 again. It said, He that loveth his brother abideth where? In the light. And once again it says, There is what? There is none occasion of stumbling in him. What? kind of fool walks into a room turns out the light and then stumbles over everything in the room we do it all the time we do it all the time we have his light on the inside of us. But we keep turning it off and then stumbling around all the time. When we could be walking in the light as Jesus is in the light. Because what happened? See, light, somebody say light. Light keeps you aware of what's really going on around you. Light stops us from getting into fear and makes us confident and sure-footed. Amen. 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 See, Satan has a hard time getting anything over or putting anything over us when we're in the light. Did you get that? Let me say it again. Satan has a hard time putting anything over on us if we just stay in the light when we're in the light. For example... If you're up late at night, it's dark. Everyone is asleep. It's so quiet that you can practically hear the silence. There's something outside or somewhere outside, you hear a big boom. Your first response would be, what's that? But you're not that quick to jump up and go outside. You ain't going to check it out. After all, it's dark outside. Who's going to go around poking around in the dark and they don't have a flashlight? You said, as long as my door's closed, I'm all right. Whatever's out there, let us stay out there. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because anything might happen. Am I right or wrong? The funny thing about that is, if it were broad daylight and you heard that same noise, <laughs> matter of fact, you wouldn't have paid any attention. And if you did, you just look outside to see what was going on, like, like that big boom we heard last Sunday. Amen. Come on, say amen. Somebody. You go see what's going on, then you go back to doing what you was doing before. See, that's the difference. Between darkness and light. Come on, let me follow him out here. Fear abides in the darkness. 
Let's say it again. Fear abides in the darkness. See, things that seem scary in the dark don't bother us at all in the daylight. Is this making sense to anybody's room? So here's the key. Tell your neighbor, here's the key. See, the key to living fear-free is just stay in the light. Keep walking in love. Keep walking in love. Keep walking in love. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. He not only lived a fear-free life, but sin-free life by what? By continually keeping the, love, the, the command of love. He kept the command of love, folks. Look at John 15, 9. The key to living fear-free is you got to walk in love, folks. Tell your neighbor, you got to walk in love. And just because you heard this message today, your love's going to be challenged even before you get out the door. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is going to challenge me to get in the parking lot. Someone might step on your toe going out the door. Because the devil comes immediately. Okay, amen. John 15, 9. Here at the end of his, Jesus' earthly ministry, look what he told his disciples. He says, verse 9, John chapter 15, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his what? Abide in his what? Love. These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy, that my joy, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Verse 12, this is my commandment. That you what? So come on, say it loud. That you love one another as I have loved you. Let me, ref let me just paraphrase this just a little. He's saying, boys, let me make this thing easy for you. I know there are a lot of commandments. Because at that time, there were 613. Not just 10. <laughs> I know there are a lot of commandments. But I'm going to give you just one. You walk in love and the blessing will work. Let me say it again. You walk in love, and what? The blessing will work. See, Jesus' command of love is non-negotiable. It's just like general's orders in the military. When I was in the military, I went into the military because I didn't like to be told what to do. <laughs> Go figure <laughs> so what happens the moment you get off that bus the first thing they start doing is telling you what to do Everything, listen, everything about me started to change. The Air Force changed the way I looked. They cut off all my hair. They gave me a Dale haircut. <laughs> Come on, say amen. They took my old clothes, gave me new ones. They began to change my entire life. Now, one of the first things they taught me was there were certain orders that everyone, regardless of rank, had to obey. And anyone who didn't obey those general orders would go to jail. Amen. 
and it didn't matter who you were. Now, in addition to those orders, there were orders of your superior officer, and there were orders, amen, for that day. Meaning, there were orders that, you know, that, that addressed your uniform, what uniform you were supposed to wear that day, what training exercise would be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Come on, say amen, somebody. And if you didn't obey those, the general orders, you can forget about the orders of the superior or the orders of the day because your orders of the day would be given to you in jail or outside the military with a dishonorable discharge. Why? Because that's how important general orders are. Now think about it. Can you imagine what a mess it would be if people in the military in the military just ignored their general orders or made up their own? Come on. If, for example, the Air Force sent an airman to a base in Arizona, a man for his basic training, and he didn't like it there. What if he says, Ooh, it's miserable out here, man. 115 degrees every day. It's even 115 degrees in the shade out here. And these barracks, they don't have no air conditioning. Come on. So he goes to ask his commanding officer, don't we have a base in Hawaii? He says, yes, we have a base in Hawaii. Okay. I believe I'll just move to that one. I can be in the Air Force there just the same as I can be here. What if he packed up his duffel bag and headed for Honolulu? Now, you don't have to be an expert <laughs> in military law to know when that airman reports to duty in Hawaii <laughs> within the hour He's going to be locked up for being AWOL. Why? He's absent without leave. He is illegal. Why? He doesn't get to choose where he wants to serve. Why? He's part of a greater operation than that, and the commander is the one who makes those decisions. But the same principle holds true for believers, folks. We are no longer civilians, even though you want to act like one. You are no longer a civilian. Let me say it again. You are no longer a civilian. What are we? We are in the army of the Lord. Matter of fact, 2 Timothy 2, 2 3. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Are you getting anything out of this? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 says, Thou therefore do what? Do what? Endure what? Hardness as a what? Do I have any good soldiers in the room? As a good soldier of who? Jesus Christ. Listen, we have been given direct orders from the commander-in-chief. See, he knows what's best for us. He knows what's best for the entire body of Christ. Why? He created us, folks. He knows who we are and what we are. He knows where our joy will be maximized. Say it again. He knows where our joy will be maximized. And he has directed us to a place. Come on, say amen, somebody. By giving us one set of general orders. What's that set of, set of general orders? Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. What are your general orders? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God of all thy heart, of all thy soul, of all thy mind. Verse 39 the second was like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. See, you have someone say, 
And there's a lot of people in this room say that. I love Jesus. And I know them are his orders. I've read them before. I've read that countless number of times. But I don't keep them all the time. And they admit they don't keep them all the time. A lot of us in this room, we can admit we don't keep them all the time. But if they say, I love Jesus, guess what? Then you don't really love him. Then you don't really love him. Who are you, who are you to tell me I don't love Jesus? I love Jesus. No, you don't. You lip sync. And say you love him. But Jesus said it himself. No, you don't. I didn't say, don't look at me. Don't throw those stones at me. If you're going to argue with somebody, argue with him. Look at John 14, 21. You want to argue about how much you love him? He tells you straight out. He that hath my commandments. And what? And what? Sometimes. He that loveth my commandments and keepeth them. He it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him. And will manifest myself to him. I didn't say that. Who said that? So I can sit there and say, I love you all I want. But I'm sitting there talking about somebody, dogging somebody out. Always in conversation I ain't supposed to be in. Oh, I'm preaching good in here, folks. Making somebody feel bad with my words. And I justify it by saying the Lord told me. When his word says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth, but that which is edifying the building up to the believer, to the hearer. But I'm going to sit up there and say, I love the Lord. And he said, you don't love me. You're fooling yourself. You convince yourself that you can say, I love the Lord and don't love the person beside you. Or even your co-worker. Or even that dirty dog supervisor. (laughs) Glory to God. (coughs) Come on, is this hard to understand? Is it simple? Is it direct? See, loving the Lord means what? Keeping the commandment of love. He made it a commandment because why? He knew we wouldn't keep it if it was just a suggestion. Come on with me. So he gave us no alternative. He gave us no excuse for violating the law of love, folks. Now, I'm not saying we never have reason to violate this law. Lord knows we do sometimes. Come on, say amen, somebody. But we must either fix the reasons or ignore them because why? Jesus said if we love him, we're going to what? Obey the command. That means... When our feelings get hurt and we're tempted to step out of love, we must tell our flesh, not today. You tell your flesh what to do. We have to tell our minds what to think because your mind goes all over the place thinking every negative thing about that person. And you got to tell your mouth what to say before you start blurting out just anything and everything because you feel you're big enough to say. Because you think you've grown. 
Because why? We end up giving somebody a piece of our mind that we don't even have. Hallelujah. And we'll give up. And we'll give up our place in the overflowing blessings of God because, listen, folks, listen to me closely. We cannot operate in strife and in the blessing at the same time. It's not going to happen. You cannot operate in strife and a blessing at the same time. So that means you have to fix some things. That in itself is a reason enough to run from strife as if we were a snake crawling in your house. Come on. We have to kill strife before it ever gets started. Because why? It's not worth it, folks. Tell your neighbor, it's not worth it. It's not worth all the plans God has for your life. It's not worth all the things he's lined up and lined up and lined up and lined up and lined up. Even for this year alone, it's not worth it. Tell your neighbor, it's not worth it. It's too high of a price to pay. We got to change some things. We got to change that. We try to get with people too many times. Come on. And it's not a Caribbean thing. It's a worldly thing. Are you listening to me out there? You're not of this world. You live in this world, but you're not of this world. You're in the kingdom of God, folks. And the kingdom of God is love. And God says, start walking as the children of light, children of love, because that's what you created and you were made of. That's why you have so many Christians battling sickness and disease. But some of them are the meanest people you could never talk to. So many Christians have went home to be with the Lord, and we thought we thinking, oh, they would say, they, they, oh, they served in the church, they loved. I mean, they 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 were always raising up holy hands, but you didn't know what was in their heart. You didn't know the unforgiveness they held on to for years and years and years. And that thing just ate them away and ate them away and away. And when they tried to get their faith to work, it wouldn't work because guess what? Faith only works by love. But then that's when you got people blame God. Why did God take them out? God didn't take them out. God did everything he could to get them to walk in love. To get them to get that thing out their heart so they can receive the healing power of God. But all that stuff short circuits your faith. Did you hear me? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it is not worth it <laughs> y'all got it so synchronized <laughs> you ain't got to say a word you got to just move your head and your finger It's not worth it. I don't care what they did to you. I don't care what they said to you. Stop thinking about what they said. Thinking about what you're going to lose if you try to get with them. It's not worth it. Tell your neighbor, it's not worth it. 
So stop it. Just stop it. Stop getting your feelings hurt. Stop taking the offense. You got to take the offense. Offense don't just come. You got to take it. He said, don't take the offense. Why? I got too much to lose. I'm trying to get my house. I'm trying to get my car. I'm trying to get my family saved. Come on. I'm trying to get some prosperity up in here. Come on. Say amen, somebody. I need, come on, I need this. I can't afford to let your little ugly self get me into strife. So I'm going to forgive you anyway. You're going to be ugly all by yourself. Because I got too much to lose. That ugly attitude is not going to get you anywhere. You don't realize that ugly attitude is affecting your physical body. Lift your hands before the Lord. Father, we thank and we praise and we glorify you. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name, O Lord. Glory to your name.